I'm ready to do this thing. You got to hype me up, man. I'm That's what? how it should start. Yeah, you just got to oh, hype this me on? up. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Time Out, a personal interview podcast with the staff and leaders of North Hills Church. Each episode, we'll sit down with one of our staff or leaders to really get to know them, hear their stories, and learn what makes them tick. From work to personality to free time, let's take a time out and explore the who behind North Hills Church. Welcome, everybody, to Time Out, or welcome back if you've joined us before. Today, we are joined by Tim Wadsworth, uh, youth director. Youth, you, tell, tell us about your role. That's Yes, uh, I oversee middle school and high school students. My official title here at the church is Director of Student Ministries, and I've been doing it since 2010. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I was 24 years old when they hired me and I'm 36. Yeah, yeah. You're about to, you got one foot in the grave at this point. Dude, I'm an anomaly in student ministry, which makes me so happy. What do you mean by that? Well, student ministry is generally looked at as a stepping stone job. To like, uh, like pastoral to ministry? To become a quote unquote real pastor. Oh. Uh, student ministry is actually fairly young in the scheme of the church. Mm-hmm. It was birthed in the seventies because of the Vietnam war and some cultural reasons but I mean, student ministry is only about 50, 60 years old. So I'm like third generation, fourth generation youth pastor. Yeah. And uh, I think in the 70s and 80s, a lot of the guys just had to do their time in student ministry and then would ease into another role into the church. But I'm a prodigy of 90 youth groups. Like when Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman and like DC Talk were kind of paving this new way, mm-hmm. right? Like when uh, Bob Jones started blacklisting churches, yeah, you know? Uh, 90s youth pastors, man, they started figuring out healthy student ministry. And I'm a prodigy of that. I remember asking my student, I had three student pastors, mm-hmm. Brian Briley, Todd Milby and Jason Malone, small commercial. Jason Malone is going to become the new teaching pastor at Fellowship Greenville in a year. Fellowship's 10 minutes from here where I grew up. And uh, they were my youth pastors. And I remember asking Brian, Brian, what do you do for a living? Yeah. He was like, this. I I do this. And I I thought in that moment, if I never become a rock star drummer, I could give my life to being like a Brian Briley. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool. But we're in it to win it. So when most youth pastors just did it, to get in, like their foot through the door. I hope I'm in student ministry my whole life. Yeah. Unless like God opens up the clouds, you know, and like decrees directly yeah, to you. Yeah. That, like, I'd be like okay, but I I absolutely love what I get to do. I'm imagining you walking into like youth group when you're 78 or like 90 something, <laughs> and you've got like a little cane. You're like, how's everyone doing but, tonight? But you know, it's so great. Uh, I've noticed. As of late, students don't want cool or hip right. or young. They want real. They want real. And yeah. they want someone who's going to stick around. Yeah. They want the ministry of presence. And if you can do that and love them well, they'll think you're cool. Actually, the nerdier you are, the cooler they think you are. Yeah. It's like Napoleon Dynamite. It was so bad. It was so good. Right. Right. That's me. So bad. <laughs> it makes me so good. I mean, but I, I think you're right. I agree that like even when I was um, in youth uh, at my old church, it was... Uh, like I, there was a middle school guy who was kind of over, uh, he was over most of youth, but then he moved to be middle school specifically, but he, I was the shy kid. I was back in the back, whatever, yeah. but he, it didn't feel like he saw me, but then our next youth guy came in hmm. and he was continually like, he was just like what you're talking about. He was real. He was, yeah. um, 
genuine relational yeah relational and that's what we're all about with alive right it's a very heavy relational youth group i remember going through the doors i think i was in seventh grade or eighth grade which are incredibly hard years Mm -hmm. and uh i remember hearing from my small group leaders and my youth pastors tim we're so glad you're here yeah and i remember thinking no one's ever glad where i go like you could go to Publix. no one's like hey we're glad you're here right like genuinely we're glad you're here I could go to math class. Math teacher didn't give two poops if I was there or yeah, not. Right. It was like the first place I belonged and they cared. They truly loved me for me. I, I remember just, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a really healthy, awesome, fun, stellar youth group. And I remember thinking like, man, if I could just do, I can, I can do this for a living. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. There, there are days where I, I question, do I mm-hmm. want to keep doing this? There are hard ups and downs. Cause I get that question all the time from our students. What do you do all day? Yeah. They're genuinely curious, which I love when kids go through our internship program. I think they're just kind of enlightened to yes. our world of what, of what all we need to do. But I just remember thinking like, man, if I could be a Jason Malone, that it's like when Paul in the scripture says, follow me as I follow Jesus. I could get behind that. So I, I love student ministry. I hope I'm in it until literally they, the organization just kicks me out. They just grab you by the collar yeah. and pull you out. Come on, old man. So imagine that our listeners are asking the same question that your youth ask, or the same question that you asked your your youth pastors. What does, not, I want to I phrase it in a little bit more maybe polite way. What do way. you do all yeah, day? Yeah, what do you do all day? Or what does a typical week look yeah. like for so you? So my personality comes across as... Um, uh, loud, obnoxious, fun, and uh, carefree, mm-hmm. which I am. When it comes to my work schedule and my calendar, very anal. I've seen, I've seen his. Ca- to, to to your credit, I've seen your calendar, yeah. and it is a monster. It's, it's color coordinated. Yeah, blue is for ministry, orange is for family, mm-hmm. and then green is everything else. Yeah, that that fits in there, and, and it uh, is packed to the brim. Yeah, well, I don't think I've ever seen a yeah, blank day on your calendar. Don't, listen, I love calendars. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't religiously keep your calendar and stick to it, we're not friends. This friendship, it, it's done. <laughs> uh, people who who just kind of, yeah, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Well, you do it really well then. Uh, but I love my calendar. I love consistency. So I know what I'm doing every day. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with like, uh, Monday, which is, I, I jokingly call the holy hangover. Yeah. Cause Sunday just kicks your butt. It does. Yeah. Um, it kicks your butt physically, emotionally, spiritually, like Monday, you just kind of wake up and, and Satan comes at you hard yeah. on Monday. Um, so I, I go back and I watch my sermons. Uh, I preach and teach every Sunday at a live. And so I need to go back and watch it when it's fresh. Um, no one runs our social medias. I run social media. So I, I got to uh, get the sermon edited, upload it to YouTube, you know, push it out on the social media platforms. Monday is, I know this is crazy. So much money goes through a youth group. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of accountability and turning in money. Like think about it. We do dollar dinner and snack shop. Yeah. Tons of money goes through that. We sell t-shirts. We do an offering for Trailside Church out in Traveler's Rest. Um, money for camps, money for like, we're going to the Swamp Rabbit hockey right. game in a couple of weeks. Money's coming in for tickets. So I have to make sure I've I've counted all the money. Um, then there's a lot of shopping. So we go through pizza and Coke and candy, and it's just kind of getting everything ready for the next Alive right. that's coming. So Monday is a lot of follow-up conversations because so much happens on Sunday. 
So I can feel a tug from the spirit, like, hey, reach out to this kid or this leader or that parent. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of follow-up from what happens in life groups. Uh, So Monday is just kind of bouncing back from Sunday. Tuesday is, you know this, it's meeting central. So I wake up on Tuesday. That's my time to take kids to, uh, to school. And then 8.30 a.m., I have my, um, my uh, book study with Alan Shear. We're going through the Emotionally Healthy uh, Discipleship, which has been so, so good. Uh, that's 8.30, and then I go right to 10 a.m. with my meeting with my admin, Hope Tinnen, extraordinaire. She's awesome. That's a lot of admin, getting our T's crossed row. and yeah. I's dotted. Uh, and that's it. That's at 10. And then 11, we have all staff meeting. Mm-hmm. And then at 12.15, I have my Alive meeting. That's like with Dawson Martin, Kareen Dyer, like the whole crew. And then at uh, 2 p.m., I have team lead meeting, meeting with all the team leads. Yeah. So Tuesday is like... You're stuck in meetings all day. Uh, but it's so good. Yeah. It's so good because it, it gives me my marching <clears throat> orders for Wednesday morning, which is sermon prep. Yeah. Don't bother me from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. I'm figuring out what we're going to be doing at Alive and what we're going to be teaching and preaching from God's word and actually putting together a sermon worth, you know, worth listening yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, and then Wednesday is just a lot of once I figured out what we're doing, like go to Target and buy, you know, prizes for the games or materials for the games or anything I need to execute alive yeah. will happen then. And then Thursday is like my go to a high school, go to a middle school, try and eat lunch with our kids. COVID has made that a little wonky. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go to ball games. Like I'm trying to do ministry outside the office. Yeah. Oddly enough, and that seems like an oxymoron, right? No, but it's, I mean, it's it's cool. It's Jesus left his office every now right. and then. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's cool. It's like the idea is that you're not just waiting for Sunday for the kids to come to you. You're going to the kids. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot. Wednesday morning we do a huge Bible study oh, from yeah. six a.m. to seven forty-five. And the best part is, me and Dawson provide transportation. Oh. That is the listen. If you want to do student ministry right, get a kid in a car. Yeah. I don't know what it is about getting a kid in a car. They'll tell you their whole life story. Mm-hmm. They're so transparent. You put on some good like 80s punk rock. Kids think you're the oldest, weirdest dude ever. <laughs> but it like, I don't know what it is about the car. I mean, they'll tell you anything. Yeah, uh, it, It's crazy. So uh, we do a Wednesday morning Bible study. We take over the Chick-fil-A at Taylor's and the Maverick Biscuit right across mm-hmm. the street. We're going to have about 40 or 50 kids that come out at six in the morning. Jeez. It's really cool. So we yeah. do that. And then Thursday is also just getting ready for Sunday. Yeah, um, And then I try my best Friday and Saturday to not do ministry. I'm really good at turning it off. Yeah, Like if my phone rings Friday night and it's someone in our church and it, they're desperate, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm dead inside, but right. I'm totally okay to, to be like, no. Yeah, like, this is my day. Unless it's like Peter Hubbard or Alan sure. Bunn, then I get scared. <laughs> you can't say no I, to that. And I yeah. pick it up. No, and I don't get scared from Hubbard. Maybe if Bunn's calling you on a Friday night. There's something wrong. Oh, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not good. But if Peter, it, it's a crapshoot with him. It yeah. could be like prayer encouragement or yeah, yeah he needs something. But when Petey calls, you pick up because yeah. he's the man. Um, So in prepping those sermons and prepping like what you guys are going to do, can you go over kind of like, so right now we're in Judges uh, in, yes, in Big Church. Yes, expository teaching. So are you are you guys doing series? Are you doing yeah, like, great is it week to week? You know what, t- I guess as so you're good. walking through yeah. your prep week, yeah. when it comes to Sunday, what does that look like for so, our kids? Yeah, uh, we are not expository. Uh, Peter has the luxury of having people from cradle to grave. Mm-hmm. So if we could take three and a half years in Judges, well, that's great. Sure. 
I have these students for a max of six years. Yeah. So we we are we say topical expository. So we might do like four weeks on family, mm-hmm. how, to, how to respond to your mom when you don't like your mom. Yeah. Right. And then obviously we go to God's word to complement the topic we're talking about. We always cover social media. We cover dating, sex and relationships a lot. We just came out of a dating series because it was Valentine's sure. Day. You know, I don't know when people are listening to this, but it was February of 2022. You got to talk about uh, like we... Uh, we we talk friendship versus ownership yeah. was like kind of the topic of the three weeks. Mm-hmm. You do not own each other, your friends. Uh, you have to submit to mom and dad. Like we talked through that just because Tim thinks dating is okay. That doesn't mean your dad will. Right. And what does it look like to submit and honor your dad when you, when you disagree? So we walk through healthy friendships, healthy relationships. Um, we try to be very topical. We, we try to be at least relevant to where the sure. kids are like, they want to listen to us, and it's not open up to Habakkuk chapter four, <laughs> where we're going to read the genealogy of Moses. Like, yeah. no, I, I mean, that's not bad. That's God's word. Right. But I think a 39-year-old would dig that more than a 12-year-old yeah. girl. Sure. Yeah. So in that, what does, okay, as I, I've been up to a live a few times, yeah. but like as somebody the who- The best kept secret at North Hills. What, alive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, dude, okay. you know how many times people come upstairs and they go, "What is, what is this happening?" Space? Yeah, yeah. And we go, "Oh, we have a youth group," and they go, "Oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Didn't even know yeah. that." So, in, in that, that's, that's a good follow up. Like, what what does the culture of Alive look like comparatively to the culture of North Hills as Oof. most know it? You I, know what I mean? No, I love that. Uh, so, here's what's crazy: I like to make up numbers. I exaggerate a lot, so forgive me if this is just a part of that. I would say 40% of the kids who come have nothing to do with Alive. Yeah. We have tons of kids who are a part of Alive whose parents aren't believers Mm -hmm. and their friends bring them to the youth group or their parents go to Heritage Church or, you know, Grace Church and Wednesday night just doesn't work for their schedule because they play football. Yeah. Well, Alive is, is very interesting because a youth group of our size, most in Greenville do not compete with a Sunday, but we meet on Sunday nights. So a lot of kids will come just because it works better for their calendar. And I would say the other 50, 60% are North thrillers at, at heart. Um, but we never assume uh, kids um, understand the North Hills motto and way and language. Right. Um, like when Peter preaches, I mean, he's so smart. He, he's kind of more like professor type teaching. Sure. I'm more evangelical. Like uh, I'm always evangelizing. You're, yeah. you're, I'm like a broken record. Kids know what they're going to get with me. If you're looking for depth and meat and to grow, yeah, go to Petey. Um, if, if you want to bring a 10th grader who hates God, bring him to Alive. Yeah. And that's kind of more our audience we're going after. Yeah. But you guys also split up into like little life groups after. Yes, we're all about the life group. Uh, Alive is the first on-ramp to life groups at North Hills. That's really cool. So the bread and butter of Alive are our 90 life group leaders that come every Sunday night. Our motto is no show grow. Uh, number one, we want to get to know every kid and know them really well. Number two, we want to show them that they matter practically, tangibly, all sorts of wonderful ways. Like my wife knows I love her. I still have to show her yeah. that I love her. And then number three, if you do know and show really well, when you say jump, they'll say how high. Yeah. Then you can help them grow in Jesus. So we, we try to remind people we're not church. Like alive is not church. We look like a service. We act like a service yeah. sometimes, but there might be a Sunday night where we just have a party. 
Yeah. Because that's huge no-show grow. Right. Um, if kids don't trust you, it's going to be really hard for them to trust the God that you serve. Yeah. So we're a very relational youth group. But I think when kids are 50 years old, they're not going to remember the stuff I said from stage as much as, uh, you know, an arm around their neck. Right. Saying, hey, dude, you're... I, I had so much fun playing dodgeball with you. Yeah. Like they'll remember that. And uh and we have to remember they're already coming from a service. They've already heard Peter, you know, dominate out of God's word. Right. And and, and so we kind of wanna we jokingly say Peter is the steak. We wanna be a really good macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Like we wanna compliment what PD is doing and, and Ferguson from from stage. And we're not church, but we're gonna compliment what's going on in the main service really well. Yeah. So you've mentioned relational like the word relational so many times. Mm-hmm. I want to follow up on that because you like even your old youth groups and you as a person are very relational minded. Yeah. Has that always been the case throughout your entire life or is that something that you've grown into? It's a great question. I think when I first came on staff at North Hills, I felt like I needed to be Peter. Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to back that up and say like, even before North Hills, like getting away from North Hills as a, yeah, yeah. as a job, but even just oh. you from cradle to, to, currently now oh yeah have you always been the relational minded person yeah or? oh sure uh i don't know if people listening are familiar with strength finders 2.0 well yeah we've uh I'll, we've mentioned it a lot on the podcast i'll, I'll come oh, briefly we'll come out of that. well i think yeah. my number one or my number two somewhere in there is woo yep, is no, it my third it's actually number based on my list that you sent to me it's number one yeah but the problem with 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 woo people is we're we're seen as a mile wide mm-hmm. and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. So with relationships, sometimes it's a double-edged sword because some people want me to go deeper and in depth with them, but I have a very close inner circle Sure, where people ask Rachel all the time, my wife, is he so much fun to live with? And she'll say, no, yeah, like he's not. Uh, sorry, honey. But uh, <laughs> I think relationally, I don't want to become buddies or I don't want to be, you know, close with everyone. My job is to make that happen with others together. You're the connection point. Yeah, don't connect with me. There's only one of me, but you have nine 10th grade girl life group leaders. Yeah. The woo in me is how can I connect that 10th grade girl to that 10th grade girl's leader? Yeah. Um, And I I felt like it was exampled for me really well over at Fellowship Greenville. It used to be called uh, Southside Fellowship, Mm -hmm. aka Southside Christian School, home of the Sabres, where I grew up. And I felt like it was just modeled for me so well. And if you don't have a relationship with a teen, I mean, it's a cheesy saying, but it's like um, when kids say, you don't know me. Yeah. Right? Like we want to dismiss that really quick because it's somewhat immature, but I get it. But kids are for real going, who are you again? Yeah. You don't even know me. Right. Like get to know me and then your words might, you know, have some weight. So we, we think the key to helping students find and follow Jesus comes from those relationships. And I think it was just modeled for me really well. Uh, it's just how I'm wired. Yeah. If people want to speak hard truth into my life, I'll receive it if I know you love me and we're close. But if you want to speak hard truth in my life and I don't even know you, right? that's that's hard for me. Sure. Uh, I'll take it before the Lord, but it's, it's going to be with a little, uh, what's the <laughs> word? Uh, frustration. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about uh, young Tim. You yes. know, youth Tim. What he is, was the man. So, so talk I to peaked me. in like eight years old. That was when I peaked. <laughs> so whether whether or not that meant childhood Tim, teenager Tim, youth group specific Tim, yeah. or like college Tim yep. um, into oh, young adulthood. He was cool too. What, what has been kind of the path of your life as yeah. 
not necessarily car- not career minded, but like as a person. I can tell you. You know what I mean? It's, it's one thing. I was I was born in Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. in good old 1985. I was born in the 1900s, and uh, in 1991, Hurricane Andrew destroyed our house. I was six years old. And my dad uh, worked for Publix at the time. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, Woody, his name's Woody. Shout out to Elwood. <laughs> hey, Woody, uh, you can rebuild here in South Miami, Florida, or we're going to send you to a random place called Simpsonville, South Carolina. And you can go do your Publix thing there where shopping is a pleasure. And uh, he chose Simpsonville. So we moved here in 1991. And uh, my parents never bribed me with nice things. But all my stuff did just get destroyed. So right. they were like, hey, what's one thing we can get you to help with the move? And I asked for a drum set, and a week later, I got that drum set, and I went hard into drums. A shout out to Eastside Guitars and Drums off of Mm -hmm. Woodruff Road and good old Simpson Thrill, South Carolina. Those guys are great. Oh, dude, Terry Green. Oh, man. I've worked Uh, with them before. Yeah, I I, I was, my uh, drum teachers were Kevin Hoyer, Mm -hmm. Tony Christopher, Kenny Hogan. I mean, all those guys were just bosses. So when most kids went to basketball practice four times a week, I went to Eastside Guitars and Drums four times a week and just went into drums. Hence why youth group was such a big deal to me. Yeah. Because then you you get into middle school and you're like, whoa, you're looking for a drummer? Yeah. Well, no one else wants to ever need me as a drummer. I'm in. Yeah. So it was like, man, I, I fit right in. And uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, dude, it was a big deal in my family when I was a freshman in high school and I got to play in big church. Like, it was celebrated. Yeah. It was like, you made it. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Tim is 14 years old and playing in big church. Yeah. Like, whoa. I mean, I remember going out to eat after second service. Yeah. That was a big deal. It was like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. But I loved youth group. Um, and then when I was also in the ninth grade, I, I got accepted into the Fine Arts Center. Yeah. Here in, in the upstate. It's now connected to Wade Hampton High yes, School. It is. Yeah. But back in the day when downtown Greenville wasn't cool and hip, that's where FAC used to be when you would get mugged and killed and murdered you did not go to downtown greenville in the early 2000s uh but i went to the fine arts center and it was great uh graduated from high school in 2003 and i took three years off after high school and toured with a record company i I, I made tons of money playing drums yeah it was hilarious and it was in that time i really did truly give my life to jesus and in 2005 2006 went to liberty university home of the flames and uh, that's where I met my wife and uh, uh, Bible school is sure. what I would call it. I kind of had to put the sticks up. I was over it. I kind of lived the life of a quote unquote drummer. Mm-hmm. Loved it. It was so good. Made incredible friendships that'll last a lifetime and learn so much. But I was ready. I was a 21 year old freshman in college. And uh, that's where I met my wife. Her name's Rachel. We have two kids, Judah and Levi. Shout out to Judah, high functioning autistic. If any autistic kids are listening, yeah. I don't understand you guys at all, but I, <laughs> but I love you a lot, yeah. you corky little things. And then Levi is either uh, going to be a lawyer or need a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't know where that's going. Yeah. With, we call him the wee man. And if we call him Levi, he's like, no, I'm the wee man. <laughs> like, okay, wee man. Uh, Judah loves to be called Juju. So Juju yeah. and Wee Man, uh, they're my life, my heart. Uh, I try and spend every waking moment with them, especially trying to help Judah. Sure. You know, I don't even think I knew what autism was before him. And uh, it's it's a beautiful world. Hard. Yeah. Hard. I mean, when your son looks at you and says, I hate my brain. Yeah. You know, it's one of those moments you want to cry with him. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, God doesn't make mistakes. He made you just the way you are. Now let's rock it and be unapologetic about being autistic and 
God's going to do great things through him. But we have two kids. Um, Greenville, you know, like I was saying, it's it's all I've ever known. So to do ministry in my hometown is hilarious. Yeah. Here's why. Because there's two Tims. Like the Tim and Taylors, TR, like you got to behave, right? Like yeah. you're, you're, you're the guy who oversees a huge ministry at North Hills. You got to be on your best behavior. But if you go past the 385-85 corridor <laughs> into Simpson, yeah. you know, Simpsonville, Malden, I'm just Tim from Southside. Yeah. Like no one even looks at me as like, oh, wow, youth pastor, pastor Tim. Like yeah. no one does that. Um, and I can kind of just, I'll go to the Walmart and bump into my teacher from the second grade. I mean, they're all still shocked I'm in ministry. Right. Like if you would have known me in middle school and high school, I got suspended. I almost got expelled. Like really? I guess, man, I, dude, my senior year, my school burned down. Shout oh out to Southside Christian School. <laughs> Half the school caught on fire. It was the greatest day of my life. Like what kid wouldn't want to watch their school burn? Right. I yeah. got to do it. But like I did a lot of stupid things a lot and I won't bore this podcast with it because I don't want people to think poorly of me, but I did such <laughs> stupid stuff. I got suspended and. I was in detention all the time. Yeah. I wasn't a bad kid. I was a stupid kid. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Like bad kids, I would say like drugs, sex, rock and roll. Like I didn't do any of that. Mine was like, oh, you want to go and uh, take a porter potty and spray paint funny images on it and put it in front of the school? Yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Like stupid stuff. Right. One of my pranks got so bad it shut down Woodruff Road for six hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, but listen, like, like. This is pre and post cameras. Right. Because I was a freshman in high school when 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. Pre-9-11, cameras were nowhere. Right. Then we started learning post-9-11, cameras were everywhere. everywhere. Right? And I remember like when my principal would show me video footage of me doing stupid stuff, and I'm like, what? Where did you get this? Right. Yeah. It was like, it changed the game for us troublemakers. <laughs> so, uh, but then I graduated, and I took those three years off to play, I didn't, I didn't truly grow up until college. Yeah. College was one of those, like Rachel and I started dating. She doesn't want to date a little boy. She wants to date a man. Um, you got to figure out what you're going to do for your life. Like, you know, it's kind of like the old has come or the old has passed. The new has come right? kind of thing. And I remember graduating and thinking, okay, some of these things, like I I still play video games as as much as I can. I'll still play drums and skateboard and you've, you haven't left the child at childhood activities behind but you've left the childhood mentality behind you have to yeah Yeah. but then there's also a nerdy side to me where like i love finances i'm very frugal uh you want to talk about roth iras and and you know hsa accounts like i'm down yeah i love that um so there's also a side to me you know i i don't like dave ramsey but i do i think i like like 50 percent of what he says sure shout out to credit cards i love credit (laughs) cards uh so there's also a side that's like no i can make a fart joke with you one minute and then the next I can get super nerdy and real serious with you. But I grew up in a house where my dad always said seriousness wasn't a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And I think we get that twisted sometimes just because you're super serious and, and you know, a tight, uh, tight person doesn't mean you're more spiritual than someone who's happy go lucky. Right. And they see the glass is half full and you see it as half empty. I think that's good. Seriousness isn't a fruit of the spirit, but my dad would then say, but self-control is, mm. and you lack self-control. <laughs> and I totally get it. I mean, I, I, I still, to this day, I'll say stupid things or do stupid things. And But it's so great because now I can go back to my students in the youth group or my kids and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. I think that is a huge no-show grow right. type, type thing. But dude, I, 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 it's a dream come true to do this for a living. I don't have it figured out. Sure. God has been kind. Uh, there's millions of other people who could do my job better than me. Um, but but I think waking up every day 
And, and it's also very sobering because we live off a of tithe money. I mean, when you think about that, that's crazy. Like, this is God's people giving sacrificially to yeah. help Tim <laughs> go to Chick-fil-A. Right. Right? Or, or pay my mortgage. And, you know, so it's, uh, it's very sobering, but it's also very thrilling. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love. I just love the mindset uh, that you're kind of expounding upon. I think a lot of people would both, but a lot of people would appreciate it, and a lot of people can learn from it. You know what hmm. I mean? So, um, mm. let's move away from childhood, I, Tim. No, not childhood, Tim. I was gonna say this: the seriousness of oh, yeah. like ministry and uh, like adulthood, and yeah. you know what I mean what the depressing parts no no i think it's it's hyper interesting but i yeah. want to talk about more of when you have time to yourself yeah. and i've asked this of everybody like yeah. when you have time to yourself what is it that you do to either have fun or rejuvenate yourself recharge yes. what are your hot what is if it's a hobby or whether it's a, a pastime yeah. what does that look like for you uh, let's say uh, here's the deal. I hate cold. I love warm. Mm -hmm. So my brain automatically went to like July. Yeah. Friday night, right? The kids are in bed. Turn on the Atlanta Braves. I love the Braves. Mm -hmm. I love baseball. Here's why I love baseball. Uh, any any Tom Dick or Harry can play it. Like to be in the NFL, you got to be a beast. Yeah. To be in the NBA, you got to be really really tall. You could be fat, slow, dumb, skinny. Babe Ruth. Yeah, you can like, play baseball. You just yeah. have to have somewhat good you know, hand-eye coordination. I love the Atlanta Braves. I grew up going to Greenville Braves games here. Yep. And uh, there's just something about baseball on the TV, grilling out. I yeah. love to grill out. Um, I love YouTube. I, I'm saying love. Yeah. Uh, I could easily, like, if it could be 10 o'clock at night. If I can spend time on YouTube from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. before going to bed, I've won. You just get lost in like I love the. It. That's yep. I love documentaries. Yeah. Um, I love the rabbit hole of, of just trying to learn. And, and I, I learn visually. Mm -hmm. If you hand me a book and tell me to read it, I'm going to assume you hate me. <laughs> I don't like to read. And this church is like a reading church and yeah. it drives me crazy. Have you read John Piper? I'm like, yeah. no. no. No, actually, I haven't. <laughs> is it a podcast? I might. Yeah. I also love politics. Um, if you want to come over and talk politics with me, I'll do it all day. Um, I'm kind of very, very far right, very, very conservative um, and unapologetic yeah. about it, um, where I think most people who lean right tend to like seek forgiveness for that. I don't. I think if you love Jesus, you need... This is just me. No, you're just, just my opinion. We've had, Me and you have had this conversation before, yeah. so like... Yeah. I think... I think if you love Jesus, you've got to be involved with politics. You have to use your voice. You got to speak up. Um, not you have to. I think you should. Um, I, I think Christians, we believe in the one true God is going to shape our worldview. It, it's it's going to shape so much of our culture. And I think so many rock star believers in Jesus just keep their mouth shut and it drives me crazy. Yeah. And you have something to say. doesn't mean you're always going to be right. Uh, but you have something to say. And so I love politics. Uh, like right now, what's going like uh, Russia, Ukraine thing is heartbreaking. Do you know this? So I'll, I'll be honest. I got rid of all social media. Oh, and I don't read the you. news. I love so. social media too. <laughs> when people say they hate social media. I don't, so I don't hate it. I, and I'll, I'll clarify. It was bad for me. In oh, that, like, I get that. My, my yeah. mental state was either one of toxic depression that. or it was a state of mindless usage that in that sense. like if yeah. i went if i like we you interviewed me for this yeah. podcast a little yeah. while ago my my big thing is video games yeah. and I, I would take time away from the thing i love 
to mindlessly scroll on a thing and that that just wasn't yeah, so well, the reason why yeah. i love social media is because any moron can have a platform yeah i have a platform now to to talk uh russia is invading ukraine this is crazy like yeah we, there's one nation invading another nation to take their land it's crazy yeah um so i love politics you want to you want to talk trump you want to talk biden you want to talk clinton right left congress supreme court like our justices like i i absolutely love politics uh, but i might drive you crazy and <laughs> and some of the things i lean towards uh so i think to to chill yeah um i hate alcohol so i don't i don't want to be confused like i love to grill out and watch the braves that people just automatically oh, you've got a beer in a hand nope, and like, I, yeah. I think drinking is the dumbest thing ever it tastes <laughs> terrible and everyone's a liar that says it tastes good they lie. Coffee is the same way. You're lying. <laughs> Anything that's acquired, I, listen, I could go drink muddy water for a month. And after a month, I might start to like it. Yeah. Anything you're like, no, just keep drinking it. <laughs> Eventually, you'll start liking it. It's, I love how we've unlocked the um, the impassioned version of Tim to like, <laughs> he's just like, and if you like this, I don't understand you. And if you do wrong. this, if you don't understand. Yeah. yeah so Tim, to chill, uh, Braves, uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a introverted extrovert, so I get energy with people. I gain rest in solitude. There's a word for it. What is it? Ambivert. A, a, a pervert? No, am, <laughs> am, am, bavert. So ambivert? It's introvert, extrovert, huh. and ambivert is- I'm an ambivert. It, it gets both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an ambivert. So I think, um, I love my house, meaning like, not like to stay in it. Like I love doing yard work. Mm -hmm. um, I just put in concrete curbs in my backyard to help some of the mulch not not wash. There's like a fun party animal to Tim. Yeah. And then there's also a raging ninety year old in Tim. Yeah. Um, oh, bonfires are great. <laughs> I love you've got you. So uh, uh, not to pick on everybody else who has had this who's been on this podcast, but yeah. like other than maybe like one or two other people, nobody has been. Oh, I really enjoy doing X, Y, and Z. Most people will come on the podcast and be like. I don't really have time to do anything that I love. Lame. I'm just, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and if their podcast gets more views than mine, I'm going to be ticked. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, I also, my best friends, um, I'm 36. I've had the same best friends since the first grade. That's awesome. Yeah. So I love spending time with them. Shout out Dave Schlarb, Daniel Peake, Brandon Satterfield, Chris Steck, and Patrick Ruth. Uh, they all still live here in Greenville. My wife calls us the hometown heroes. <laughs> Uh, my wife thinks we're all the biggest losers yeah. ever. Because like in Rachel, uh, she grew up in Huntington Beach, California. If you stayed there, mm -hmm. you were a loser. Yeah. Here in Greenville, we think you're a loser if, if you, you leave. leave. Uh, so anyways, Rachel calls me the hometown hero, but I still hang out with them, which which is great because it's, it's a safe place. Yeah. So people here, like if we let our guard down, they'll Jesus juke us. Yeah. But I don't, I don't feel like I get Jesus juked with them. They, they... Love me for me, not my title or my position yes. here. I can truly be Tim. It doesn't mean I'm fake. Right. It, it just means that I can let my guard down and it's a safe place where right. sometimes in ministry, everything gets used against you. Oh, sure. Um, maybe not everything, but most, especially if they come for blood, right. they're going to remember things. So you got to be really, I, I'm a huge advocate in small circles. Yeah. Small circles. And who you let in those circles can change the trajectory of your life, I think. Yeah. Um God, you've you given me so much information. I'm trying to parse through it like as I, I as I think about what ne what the next question I'm so is. So interesting, aren't I? You are. You know, honestly like of uh, you know, me and I'm you I'm my biggest fan. Yeah. 
I mean, I you know, we we love to hang out uh during in well, Tyler Valentine, best hire we've ever had. Oh my this is not about me. We're oh, gonna <laughs> skip. It's true though. Um but yeah, it's just uh I don't know. It's it's really interesting to hear about a it's almost like a life enjoyed to the fullest. The way you're describing the things you love to do, hmm. both in work and in outside of work, it is a almost like that you you're squeezing the the marrow out of life the, I try you know, like yeah it doesn't mean i'm doing it well uh but but i can be positive to a fault mm. where like it's hard for me to be uh that's not true i i like being negative only on the things that i deem should be negative but sometimes overly positive people can just look at the pimple on your face and be like eh, i'm fine yeah uh some some days i worry because i don't worry I'm not a worrier. Right. If I'm worried about something, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like it, it's bad. Uh, I think that's just my personality, but sometimes that gets me in trouble. I lack discernment. Like I can't feel a room. When I go into a room, I kind of stay at super high fun yeah. energy. People could be crying in the room and I, it has to be super obvious to me to tone it sure. down. Um, my wife really helps me with discernment with that. I, I try to enjoy life as best I can, but I'm, I'm not trying to be super cheesy. It's because I love Jesus. Like, uh, my eternity is set. Yeah. Like, all of this is just cake, yeah. in my opinion. And if it all goes away tomorrow, I'm good. Like, Russia comes and invades the United States. Like, that would suck, but I'm good. Yeah. You know, like, this could all fall apart tomorrow, and it's been a great ride, and... I'm 36 years old, so I haven't, I hope I live to like I'm 90 something, you know, but I feel like I still have so, so much in front of me and my kids make life fun. I, there is something about kids like, uh, Christmas used to kind of get lame, mm-hmm. you know, until you're like your low, like high twenties, low thirties. And then you have kids and you're like, wow, maybe I do believe in Santa. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that is cool. Colors. You know, like, like simple right. things, you know, and that's been fun. And, and really with Judah having a special needs kid is hilarious uh so to give you like an example of how he makes life fun we're in our life group we have jeremiah and sydney do if you don't know who they are in our church they're unbelievably awesome we also have the sutters and then caleb and christy walker well judah is obviously my kid but there's also another judah um in in our life group and he's african-american so like last week someone yelled downstairs like judah bring me up my shoes and then you hear my judah go uh, white Judah or black Judah? <laughs> and we all, like, I laughed probably so hard for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, he brings so much joy yeah. um, into my life. And uh, Levi's just a, a, a frat kid and he's just over there. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw on my social media, but like a couple weeks ago, he got a massive mohawk. No, I didn't. I mean, I'm talking like skinned on the side, yeah. at least a, not a foot. I exaggerate maybe like four or five inches sure. on top. It was huge, but he like, oh, he makes me so happy because he's just, <laughs> he's all in. He's a yeah. party animal. And uh, people either love me or hate me is what I've kind of learned with me. You either think Tim Wadsworth is the best thing since sliced bread, or if I never saw or talked to that kid ever again, I'd be okay. <laughs> it's rare to find right. people in the middle with me. Sure. Like, yeah, Tim's all right. Mm. Uh. 
I'll, I'll be that person. It depends on what the day is. For some, real? Yeah. Some days I'll come in and I'll be like, man, Tim's so cool. Like he's so yeah. much fun to hang out with. And then other days I'll come into the office and I'll be like, yeah. if Tim looks my way, <laughs> I swear. No, and I can feel it. I can feel it. Like yeah. I'll, I'll say something to you and if it doesn't land, I'm like, yeah, leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> Just let Ty Ty do his thing. Just, I call him Ty Ty the tech guy. Oh my gosh. Please don't tell me. <laughs> I I, you, I'll, I'll let you continue to call me that. Nobody else can. Ty Ty the that. tech guy. Yeah. It works. Even if you told me to stop, I'm still going to do I it. I know you will. Yeah. So be honest. I'm one of your favorites. I can't say that. I I have to be impartial for this podcast. <sighs> Just blink <laughs> the, one. The he po- blinked. The politics. The politics of this All podcast. Right, I speaking, that. I have to be impartial to you know. I everybody. get that. All right. What are some other things I can talk well, about? Well, no. So I have some questions. Some oh. follow up questions. I'm oh. going to stop you from talking for half a second and catch your breath. I do love to talk. Um. So I want to go back really quickly to the time you spent drumming. Yeah. Because uh, you said you were part of a record record label, Red what, Tie Records. So what? Um. What? What? Uh acts or bands or performers did you play oh, with nobody's <laughs> no <laughs> uh, a lot of what i did was studio work okay so let's say there's a i'm gonna make something up there's a church in atlanta georgia who wants to make an album but mm-hmm. they don't have the musicians to quite get them where they want to go well they would talk to the people that i was affiliated with and say hey we've got x amount of money we need a kid of this uh genre um, this type of style that can come in and get it all done in a day. Yeah. And uh, I did a lot of studio work, which was very lonely. Lots of hotel rooms all by yourself, but I'm super cheap and frugal. Yeah. So like, let's say the gig was a thousand bucks. Okay. But that thousand bucks pays for your time in the studio. That thousand bucks pays for your gas, your food, your hotel. Yeah. Bro. I had a little white um, Ford Ranger. I've two, seen it. Yeah. Yeah. 2001. I rolled it. A 2001 Southern Edition Ford Ranger, and uh, I had a little cover on the back, and I would pack my drums so tight where it left a little sliver for my body to sleep, because I, I didn't want to pay for a for hotel, hotel yeah. but I would pull into the hotel parking lot, here's how cheap I was, sleep in the car, then I would get up and go eat the free continental breakfast. <laughs> okay, so let, I'm going to pause and say... Sorry, that's don't pr- do that. That's, that's theft. Pro- I was going to say, that's probably considered but I was, stealing. I was 18, right? You're stupid at 18. No one told me that. I just Yeah, you're still culpable. But when an 18-year-old <laughs> walks inside to eat, they're not going to no, question nobody, nobody that. Nobody questions that. Right? No. So anyways, um, I made tons of money doing that. Like tons for an 18-year-old. Yeah. Especially when you were like still mooching off mom and dad. Right. And uh, well, God, I remember when I was like, right before I turned 18, somebody would say, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks to do this. Oh and my I'd be gosh. Like, yeah. You mean I'm going to, I'm going to be able to, sp- it's, that's, that's a year's worth yeah. of, you know, like. But dude, my parents were so dope because they wouldn't let me spend anything. They're like, you need to put that into and your, save it, yeah. oh yeah, your bond and your, and I thought it was so lame, but now I'm super the same grateful. Way, yeah. I'm like, wow, thank, I didn't even know what a Roth IRA was. Like, thanks for making me max that sucker out. And <laughs> thanks for all that mom and dad. Uh, so I didn't play for anyone like famous or anyone big. I was in a punk rock band for a little bit called Indie Star, and it was so great. We played the Handlebar. I played the Handlebar. Old school Handlebar in Greenville. The sound guy hated me. He wasn't very kind. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to the sound guy from the Candlebar. I I filled in a few times for Desiree's Hammer, Mm -hmm. which was an upstate band. Used to be called Albert Hill. I think it was was their band name. So I I didn't play for anyone like of huge stat. It was just enough to where I got to like. Here's what's crazy. I still get royalty checks. That's amazing. Well, yeah, meaning yeah, like but you know what $19. I mean. Like, sure. You know, because you're like, oh, this you sold a hundred albums in the last 18 years or something. That's a trip to Chick-fil-A. Uh, heck yeah. So uh dude, it well, and I don't think I said this. When I went to Liberty, um, I also 
was on a ministry team there where I played drums and that paid my way through school. That's awesome. So I went right out of touring right into Liberty where I had to travel every weekend Mm -hmm. of my college career. Um, and that's where I kind of fell in love with ministry. But honestly, if I never touched a drum set ever again, I'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was one of those where I had to set it up and tear it down and play so much. It just ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, I'll always love drums. I always play it with my fingers and my teeth. I'll click my teeth mm-hmm. to rhythms and my, my fingers. It's in me. I love playing for big church, maybe like once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you like it, but I like it. I do. I think you're one of our better drummers. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Better. Oh, because of Arturo. Arturo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that guy's really good. He's he so he good. makes me want to practice again. Yeah, he does. He's so that little turd. I got. But I to gotta... to his credit or to your credit, you do like. I mean, he plays. I, th- I think he plays more than you do because you've got a lot more alive on you know, Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's hard to do youth group and and drums. Um, but I wish I, I could play more. Yeah. But, uh, as far as who I played with, nobody's, I think the coolest guy I played with was Aaron Keys. Yeah. We sing a lot of his songs on Sunday. Yeah. He had the most, inf- like the most impact on my life. Oh, I played with Chris Sly. Dude, he's yeah. old school in North Hills. Old school. What are you talking about? Yeah. Chris Sly. That's how I got to this. Okay. People need to know this. Please. I'm in, cause I saw, so let me, a little backstory. Yeah. I saw Chris Sly at the Chili Pepper concert or Red conference. Hot Chili Peppers? No, no, not Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was called oh. Chili, it was, a, it was a Christian conference called Chili Pepper oh. and he and Down Here and. That's right. We, we opened up for Down Here one time. Yeah. They, they played this thing. In, it was in Gatlinburg uh, or in Pigeon Forge oh, technically. Cool. Yeah. Um, Rednecks dying, go to heaven. Yeah. It was right next to the Titanic Museum so on good. the strip. Of so good. Anyway, so they opened up and I bought his CD and. Yeah. Was like anyway that and he was I'm, on American. He was Idol? he was top ten yeah, in American yeah, yeah. Idol. So my sophomore year at Southside Christian School, um, a guy named Andrew Stober, mm-hmm. old school. His dad used to be an elder here, Jeff Stober, um, asked me to come to his church, which was North Thrills. I used to make fun of this church all the time because it was so fundy. Yeah, people in their khaki pants, and I thought this church was super lame. Yeah. Um, and uh, Chris Sly needed a drummer. So me and my best friend, Daniel Peake, who played bass, we got involved with Chris. My best friend then, uh, I, I didn't know him at the time, but he became one of my best friends, was Joseph Bunn, um, Alan Bunn, pastor here, Pastor Alan Bunn's oldest son. So we were probably in a band with Chris Sly. Oh, and Joey Bradley. Mm. Joey Bradley goes to church here. Yeah. When the Chris Sly band became Half Past Forever, yep. Joey joined. But right after our senior year, Joseph Bunn died in a car wreck. And I don't know if anyone knows that about Alan's story. He he has three kids, two here on earth and one in heaven. And uh, th- th- that's one of the moments in, in my story where uh, I was never the same. Yeah. And I remember thinking, it's one thing to lose your son. It's another to lose all the friends and the memories. So I remember pursuing Alan Bunn and, Alan and Corlin Bunn. Like anytime I would come home from Liberty, I would make sure to, yeah. to hang out. So when I graduated from Liberty in 2009... Uh, I went to a church called Foothills Community Church in good old Oconee County, <laughs> yep. meth capital of the world. What is going on down there? But it's awesome. If you don't know about Foothills Church in Seneca... Yeah, the it, the church, not the meth. That would be what's awesome. <laughs> yeah, stay away from that. Uh, but people of Oconee are interesting. Uh, but Foothills is right in the middle of Seneca, and it's like a mega church in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Uh, Greg Orham and the crew are just killing it out there. But I did my internship there right out of college. And then I, I, I got hired there for maybe like a year. But I remember preaching and teaching one Sunday morning. And I look in the back corner and there's Alan Bunn standing in the back. 
And when we were done, we went out to lunch and they kind of told me about the opportunity here. Uh, but I kind of contribute my deep roots to North Hills to um, Alan Bunn. Yeah. And his oldest son, Joseph, was my best friend. And I used to come to the youth group here as a kid because of Emily and Ansley Peoples, who still go to our church. Yeah. They were twins. And I, I, you know, I was 16 years old. <laughs> and uh, I was like, will the twins be there? And Joseph was like, yeah. And I was like, I'll come to your youth group. Because yeah. mine met on Wednesday night and ours met on Sunday night. So uh, people don't know this, but like Keith Hodges, I remember the guy before me, I had a really great relationship with him and I think it's just neat that I, I people don't know I'm old school North Hills, yeah. but I am. Um, I remember when it used to meet and where our kitchen is now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's come so far and I'm so grateful for Keith Hodges and the guys before me that have handed over a really healthy youth group when I came in 2010 or 2011. Um, so yeah, I, I hold a very deep place in my heart for the Bun family. Yeah. I'm fierce for Alan, so... If you come around me and you want to poke fun at him, I'm good with that. But if I think you're being for real, yeah. I'll bite your head off. Yeah. He's my boy. <laughs> I love Alan Bunn. Yeah. He's uh one uh he he's scary at times, but he's one of the softest teddy bears. He'll be the first one to cry with you. Yeah. Um I'm very partial to Bunn. I love I love him a lot. Um he he was one of those guys that rolled the dice with me to bring me in at 24 years old. He's dealt with a lot of crap because of me, yeah. because of my immaturity and stupidity and ignorance and um, lack of humility. So he, for many years, was my shield, um, and I'm very grateful for him. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So uh, we're running out of time, okay. so we need to wrap up. and More wonderful things about me? Well, so that's... We've talked a lot about... <laughs> so everybody knows what I'm about to ask. I'm starting to make this like a... Strength seg- Finders? No, this is... I've, I've kind of moved away from oh, good, that okay. sec- section good, of the good. the podcast. But no, my favorite thing, and I've said this on many, many a podcast, is uh, what your favorite band is. And I, yes. and I asked that question. I've been I've kind of defining it now. I asked that question because it's such a... Separate from your work separate from your from your your family separate it's a, it's such an individualistic question yeah. of what connects with you yeah. from a musical perspective ska music yeah ska the genre of ska my favorite band of all time is five iron frenzy yeah that hails out of denver colorado um if you were to come to my office i think i'm the only 36 year old youth pastor still rocking a five iron frenzy wall yeah i've seen it yeah. it's great they uh leonore the saxophone player, we're, we're actually friends in real life. Um, I love Five Iron. Uh, there's really no music I don't like. I mean, if I'm like on a island stuck for the rest of my life, I'll choose some Five Iron records. I love hardcore and metal. Anything with screaming, anything with just chaos in yeah. it with real fast drums, I'm in it. The double kick. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I love punk rock, mm-hmm. like old school 80s, like the Ramones mm-hmm. kind of punk rock. Um, but then I love classical. Like I grew up in the Greenville County Youth Orchestra yeah. or punk rock show on Friday playing the timpani on Saturday yeah. or the marimba. So I can even dig some classical music. Uh, I love rap. Uh, I won't say who I listen to. Some <laughs> people will probably think, but like anything with kind of a fat beat yeah. with some simple lyrics and something I can nod my head to, I can get behind some rap. Uh, I, I, I don't like country now i like like if i do like country like willie nelson the old school country, johnny cash yeah i can listen to old school country the only country band i've listened to that's somewhat rock and roll that i do like is old dominion mm. 
They're really, really good. Uh, but then you can put on like my sweet spot, uh, like outside of hardcore metal or ska. If you give me some classic 90s, mm-hmm. like Matchbox 20, Counting yeah. Crows, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like some of those things. Like, dude, the Super Bowl halftime show I, that just happened. Bro, I didn't watch it. It was Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. I did see the Eminem, yeah. Bro, it was like the the 90s rap we all grew up to. So you know every like 40-year-old was like doing the crip walk in their <laughs> living room while the kids are just looking at you what like, are you doing? how'd you just get gangster all of a sudden? Uh, I love music. And I, obviously being a drummer yeah, uh, contributed to that, but my sweet spot's Five Iron. Yeah. If you've never listened to Five Iron, it's a mix of reggae, ska, rock, blended together to tickle your eardrums. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's awesome. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up because usually I end on the music question, but yeah. you're one of the few people who comes on the podcast that like I need I have like a a connection to because you've already mentioned video games at one point. Yeah. What is your favorite video game to play and why? Okay, the great question. So my brain stopped at like the first Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but my if I play video games until the wee hours of the night. It'll be an N64, mm-hmm. a Nintendo 64. So Mario Kart, yeah, Goldeneye, uh, like those kinds of games. Sure. Donkey Kong. I think I even sent you a picture. Yeah, you and Judah were playing Dude, Donkey Kong on the Super ki- Nintendo. Autistic kids will own some video games, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's hilarious will. how their little brains are wired. Uh, but then, like, I used to play Halo. Yeah. Oh, bro, Guitar Hero? Yeah. Listen, I played Guitar Hero so much in college, I could turn my back to the screen and still hit the right rhythms and Dude, colors. me too. That was so fun. Yeah, I, I thought people would think I was cool, but deep down they were like, you have no life. Yeah, have you not gone and learned a real <laughs> instrument yet? When's the last time you've showered? <laughs> you know, like those kinds of things. Yeah. So I, I do like video games. The, the the kids are bringing out like the old school video games in me, like Tetris. Yeah. We'll play that. Oh man, speaking of kids on the spectrum, Tetris is like heaven. Uh, But like, I love any game that's like a Donkey Kong. Yeah. Or Mario, where you have to go right to left. Yeah. The video games now, you have to like dedicate your life to beat them. It's so hard. Yeah. Like they're so three dimensional and you can't oh, just okay. go, left, you, yeah, you can't go left or right. It's almost like a saga, like this movie mm-hmm. of like, the only way I'm going to be good at Donkey Kong is play it for 30 minutes. Yeah. The only way I'm going to beat this video game of 2022 is to commit my life to it. Yeah. And I'm someone I'm either all in or all out. Right. It's my personality. Sure. Uh, and so with video games, I have to be careful because if I'm all in, Right, yeah. like I'm gonna have a beard, and my wife has left me, and my kids don't even know who I am. But I beat the game. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I kind of have to be careful with video games. But when we, when the kids were little, and I had to feed them a bottle at three in the morning, video games was what's up. Yeah. Right. Put your little headset on. Yep. Cradle the kid. Get the remote on one yep. hand, and you could just play video games. And your wife thought you were the hero. Yeah. You did it before kids, and you had a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But thank God. Now you can blame everything on your kids. Yeah. Right. You could stay up all night playing video games and watching YouTube. But if you're tired the next morning, just be like, oh, the kids. Yeah. Like, oh, I get that. Yeah. You're like, ha. <laughs> the best part about kids, too, is you can take a sick day when they're sick. Yeah. Back in the day, if you took a sick day, you had to lie. Yeah. Or actually really be sick. <laughs> yeah. But now your kids can be sick. And you're like, can't come in today. Yeah. I got to take Le- care of the kids. Levi's feeling crazy. But yeah. here I am just watching YouTube as they're sick. It's awesome. <laughs> But I will also say that's the one thing I hate about our jobs is like my brother works for a paint store Mm -hmm. and uh, 
When he leaves for the day, he doesn't care if PPG burns to the ground. It's someone else's problem. You you he works at PPG. The PPG. We're gonna Pittsburgh have a, we're gonna Porter have, Paint. We're gonna have a conversation about that after the podcast. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. continue. Uh, he works for PPG out in Malden, South Carolina. But think about it. Like our jobs, when we take a vacation day, no one's doing our jobs. No, it's just gonna wait for you the next day. Yep. I kind of envy people who leave their job and someone just picks up where they left off. Yeah. Uh, so it is fun to take a sick day for the kids, but the emails will be there in the morning. Like someone has to plan a lot. Sure. And, uh, that's why vacation's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it's sad. Well, Tim, uh, we are out of time. Thank you so much for jumping on if the podcast. If someone is still listening to this, will you just email me and let me know you stuck it D- out? Yeah. Okay. Give me your email. Tim W at NorthHillsChurch.com. To put the, uh, the subject line needs to be, uh, worst 45 minutes of my life. <laughs> Never going to get it back. Parentheses, I actually like ska music. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, if you love some Five Iron, let's get uh, lunch. Do we have more in our church than you would think? Yeah, I think so. I think think, uh, Matt Childs uh, in our church, he's old school Five Iron. They're out there. You just got to look hard. (laughs) But if you're still listening to this, get a life. (laughs) Get a hobby. Go do something else. Make sure we find out about it. Yeah, I would love to know. All right. Thank you, Tim. Love you. And uh, we'll see everybody. Say it back to me. I won't. No, I don't think so. Say I love you too. I love everybody who's listening to this podcast. Say you love and me I hope extra special. That they uh, come back for the next episode. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye.